It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the big run and NFL vet. He's Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow Monday. Big Ten recap here. Rosie's downtown, 10th and P. Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Blackshirt Husker, NFLer Jay Moore, co-host Big Red Wrap-Up. Find him on Twitter at jmoore44. Bird, it's uh, you blink and the season's done. Uh, and kind of the final insult, uh, a replay and uh, another nightmare finish for the Big Red. How did you take it? Yeah, that would hurt. That's just, there's no way to put it. That, uh, you know, the, the Maryland one hurt and more. And I think this, this one did too, just because you felt like you had a chance to, to win it and you were in control. But unfortunately, uh, you just, it's the same issues that you started out uh, game one with, continue to kind of bite you. In the rear end, and they it reared, it reared its ugly face again against against Iowa, and that's obviously the turnover issue. Um, it's really just the offensive issue in, in general. Um, just cannot get over the hump in November. You undefeated October, no win November, and um, was completely surprised by that. I thought Nebraska would be able to get at least two out of the last four in November. Obviously, that was not the case, and it simply comes down to you can't turn the ball over. Uh, Nebraska needs better and he needs improved quarterback play. Uh, they need, obviously, to get healthy in the offensive room, too. And then just have to be a little better in situational football. Um, I, don't, I don't remember them being as poor situationally in, in early in the year. And, and granted, I know you can't really, the Michigan game is, is what it is and the Colorado game is what it is. Uh, but I, I just feel like Nebraska was better in October uh, in certain situations, and I just think of, you know, four-minute situations, end-of-half situations. Uh, you know, the end of the Purdue game comes to mind, even though it was slipping away. You have Emmett Johnson. They put a drive together. He kind of seals that deal up. Uh, but Nebraska in November, they were just very, very poor situationally. And situationally, it could be special teams. You know, like I said, end-of-half, end-of-game situations. So it was just kind of a culmination of, of the things that we saw starting in Minnesota. Um, in, in most of the year, just – kind of ended it with with Iowa and it just just still leaves a, a, a pretty poor taste in your mouth and Jay what I think is frustrating is one of the things that happened in October is Nebraska got really beat up on the offensive side of the ball but what's kind of frustrating about that is I didn't notice a monumental drop-off from Turner Corker to Teddy Prohaska from Ethan Piper to Justin Evans Jenkins from the running backs down to Emmett Johnson I mean you have a guy like Jalen Lloyd who steps up and makes some huge plays in the passing game it feels like you can point to to both one position in the quarterback spot in the play calling that kind of led to that complimentary football issue that you're talking about. And I want to get your reaction to just what we saw as a whole from the offense. Do you think it's as simple as 
you know what, a transfer portal quarterback can clean up a lot of these issues? Or what do you make of how the offense can respond to get better next season? Well, I mean, first and foremost, it has to start with the turnovers. It just it has to. Those have to get cleaned up. And I do think yeah, – I, I can't imagine being an OC and it's so hard to call a game when you're, you're off, your guys can't take care of the football. And you want to put it in the best situations to win. And with the injuries and playing young guys. Um, and I, I feel like – I know Satterfield's got the, the – a lot of people are unhappy. But, I, I, you know, I, I – I'm not going to – I'm not going there yet. I, he needs – I want to see him with, you know, a full strength. You're never full strength, I just say, but um, some more talent, uh, not as many injuries, maybe get the, the, a different quarterback in there. Um, but I still feel like the, you know, even even with some of the issues, I, I feel like the games he's called, I mean, there's been some guys running open. There's been some – the quarterbacks just simply haven't hit them. But I think – from an offensive standpoint, uh, if you want to talk about a drop-off or a drop, a, the lack thereof a drop-off, um, I would agree. I think they've gotten the staff has gotten guys prepared very well. Uh, I think the this the maturity of this team is, is in good hands because I know as a young player, you can really um, kind of sit in the back of the meeting rooms and, and not really be – too concerned what's going on with the game plan or the practice plan or the scouting report just because yeah, I'm never going to play. But I think the staff has, has had some accountability to these young players, and that's why I think they've, they've done a good job in year one. Um, but again, it's just, you know, the overall aspect of it. I, uh, the turnovers and obviously the quarterback play, uh, just the inconsistencies from it. And um, obviously we had three quarterbacks play this year, and um, – there were some good, but it was just there was more bad, and more bad being the turnovers, uh, more bad just being the, the inability to to get this offense going. Uh, I mean, the worst worst offensive statistic, uh, statistically since 1968. So uh, they got to get things figured out here quickly in the off season. And uh, I know the, the the craziness is about to start here in December, with recruiting and transfer portals, all that stuff. So they they better have a good plan. And they better have some 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 duffel bags of cash stashed somewhere in that NIL money to go to, to go get some dudes because it's going to take some uh, some money to get it done. Well, Jay, I guess the heart of my question, and I may have phrased it poorly, but in terms of making the change this offseason, could it be as simple as just one guy, one quarterback coming in and, and fixing things for the offense? I don't think so. I don't think it's that easy. I, I think the, the uh, quarterback just improve quarterback play, whether it's who we have currently on, on the roster or not is going to help. I mean, you get more yards. Listen, uh, 30, whatever they were, 30-plus turnovers through 12 games, if this team turns the ball over five less times, they're going into a bowl game. That's just uh, – I'll put it – you know, I know it's it, it kind of matters where those those turnovers happen and what time of the game that it happens, but I think uh, – it's just not as easy as you can just kind of plug in in a quarterback. No, you still need to have improved O-line play. You still got to be to be able to run the football. Uh, you got to stay healthy. And that's just going to help improve quarterback play. I mean, let's be honest. These defenses do not respect our passing game hardly at all. I mean, they're like, you guys, we're, we're going to stack it. We're, that's, if there's one thing we're allowing you to do or we're taking away the run game and just I, we hope you can – beat us over top. And we did a few times, obviously, to Malachi Coleman and Jalen Lloyd uh, throughout the season. 
But overall, the passing game was was not very good because teams just didn't respect it because our quarterback play wasn't to where it needed to be. And uh, just that's that's the work as a whole. So I know I don't think it's it's, it's not a quick and easy fix as a, a plug and play quarterback. I think it's all encompassing and, and a very holistic approach and changes and improvement need to be made. Jay Morris with us. Hail Varsity Radio Roadshow, downtown Rosie's 10th and P. Jay Moore, of course, uh, Blackshirt Husker NFL, or part of our Blackshirt Hour. And find him on Twitter at jmore 44 Watch him on Big Red Wrap-Up. Well, the wide receivers, despite being young, got better. O-line got better. Running back got better. Tight end, decent, got better. I mean, Fedoni was targeted, at least. They didn't always get him the football. So we get back to the quarterback, and your quarterback coach is also your offensive coordinator. And I'm with you. A year's not enough time to make a judgment, and with all the injuries, not enough time to make a judgment. Uh, that said, with Satterfield, though, the quarterbacks, despite the merry-go-round, uh, had some moments, but they had more bad than good or even moments. Is the answer to go find a quarterback's coach and reassign Satterfield, yet you're still having a say with the offensive coordinator job, but for him to coach quarterbacks, put a game plan together, and and have it work, that's that's a lot to ask. I mean, Sat's feeling a little bit like like cause 2.0 as far as the, 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 the fan outcry for him in just a year. Now, there's a lot he was up against, but historically speaking, his offenses have tur- turnover issues. And is he the guy to be picking the quarterback? Is he the guy to be tutoring the quarterback? That's a different question for you. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic. Um, I mean, I would say in all the levels of football I've played in, in Division One, and, you know, in NFL, the, the, the offensive coordinator is always – working with the quarterbacks, whether he's sure. a quarterback coach or not. So I think that's – I've been places where you, you always had a quarterback coach. Um, and Like in the NFL, you always – because there's no – there's no um, you know, NFL, you can have as many coaches essentially as you want. There's there's not any certain numbers that you can – that like college has to deal with. So always there's always a QB coach. And that QB coach, maybe they'll see, maybe he's not. I don't know. But when it comes to college, it's just that – Dynamic, you try to figure out just with the, the, the amount of assistant coaches you're able to have. Uh, do you do you want to double dip with your OC and uh, in in your QB coach, or do you not? And then now you just go to you know, and then okay, well, if you don't, then who else are we cutting? Because we know <laughs> we've had the argument too. Do we need a special teams coach? We got one. Mm-hmm. You know, the special teams coach has, has you know it's it's been inconsistent too this year, but it's just you got to kind of pick and choose your battles of who kind of has to double dip and who, who isn't double dipping as far as their coaching duties. So I think the situation right now is, is completely fine. I think you're always going to have your OC working with the QBs, and I think that's what you want because you're going to call a game. You want to, It's tailored to what you know your quarterbacks are able to do and what kind of offenses and, and game plans and schemes and situations they're able to, to handle. So I don't foresee that changing. Uh, I foresee the quarterback room changing drastically this offseason. Uh, and with that, I, this offense just has to change. I'm not saying the schematics has to change, but they just got to get better. Uh, you, you, you have to produce more, uh, and you have to take care of the football. 
Jay, quickly here, last thought on the offense before we switch gears, talk Tony White, his future, and the Husker defense. Are you bullish on what you saw from the Husker offensive line as the year went on? What's your take on how Coach Riola did in 2023 and, and what that group has moving forward? Yeah, I'm, I'm very bullish. I thought you you saw it, you know, young guys step in and play pretty well. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy where it is. I'm very happy with the recruiting scene on, on that position as well. Uh, I think we'll we'll get some really good guys here uh, in December that will sign and, and improve that room even more. Uh, but yeah, I, I like what Donnie's able to do. I think he's finally he's got firm control and grasp of of what he wants to be able to do with that offensive line. I, I think there's been in years past, and I know he hasn't been here long, but uh, there's been too many inconsistencies with within amongst the staff and what's what they want to do uh, from an offense. I think they firmly understand what they want to do with, within rural and Satterfield systems. So, uh, you know, as long as he can continue to develop, continue to recruit, uh, I would remain bullish on that group. Jay Moore with us, Blackshirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore is we're here at Rosie's downtown 10th and P. We'll continue on with Blackshirt Jay after this. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Jay Moore is with us. It's Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow here at Rosie's downtown 10th and P. Flipping it around, Jay, to the defense. Let's get your assessment of 2023. Uh, unfortunately, the defense had to be perfect. They were darn near a lot of times. Uh, a missed tackle here or there in uh, in crunch time, Maryland, and yes, against Iowa in the in the run game, allowed some walk off field goals. But that's one play versus sixty plus, where they were pretty darn good a lot of the times. Uh, a, do you think Tony White's here to see year two and two? Um, it, it matters, but what's in that cupboard should be pretty good for 2024. Do you agree? Yeah, no doubt. We knew kind of going this year, the strength of this de- of this team was on was on defense. You saw that early, you know, even in the spring game, just the way they played um, in a very 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 small uh, sample size. I, th- I I feel like Tony White's going to be here. I think Ty Robinson makes that decision based off of what Tony White's future. So I feel pretty confident that Tony's going to be here. Uh, things can change quickly too, but I I, I would say I'm bullish on him staying. Uh, but going forward, what they've done, uh, they played they played really really well. Really, I mean, consistently, week in and week out. And if this defense wasn't as good as they were, this team might have only had one or two wins. Let's be honest. And so there's there's something to be said about that. It's just Again, a couple times, uh, just not able to be play clean and, and make a tackle when he needed to. And obviously that last play um, after the interception, or that first play after the interception late in the game against Iowa, you know, Phelan Sanford kind of fit wrong, and then Gifford missed a tackle, which those guys have played, every one of that defense has played so well this year, made key, key stops. And it's, I know it's frustrating, and I, I, you want to overreact to that, but it's like if there's one knock – that I've had against this defense it just seems to in critical times to make a play. Uh, and that's whether that's the Wisconsin game, the Maryland game. It's really just, it's probably just in November. Uh, honestly, it's the November games where you lose. It's just, it just, you, they made plays at, at times, but it's just, 
you just needed one more, right? They seem to they always just seem to make one. But that's what happens when uh, it's always the defense always needs to do one more thing uh, when your offense is, is as poor as it has. That's always going to be the situation. So, um, really, I mean, proud of what they've done. I mean, really, really good. Laid the foundation. This team needs is going to be a defensive uh, mindset team. We've heard Coach Rule say that they've definitely laid the foundation. Uh, they just got to keep, you know, improving, doing, you know, just don't be content with what you did this this year. Uh, work to get better. Uh, I think you'll see, you'll see still see some guys uh, probably come back that we haven't had to make that decision. So I still expect, you know, next year this defense to be playing and executing at a very high level. Jay, whenever you, you talk about the defense and what's coming next year, Tony White's obviously the big question this week. What does he do next? Does he remain defensive coordinator, we assume, with the Rays? Does he go find himself a head coaching gig? But as it's a part of the Blackshirt Hour, one of Charlie McBride's favorite quotes, I've heard him say it a number of times, is it's not about the X's and the O's, it's about the Jimmy's and the Joe's. you think that rings true with whoever the defensive coordinator is going to be next year? It's not about the X's and the O's, it's about the guys that they are going to have on that defense? Oh, most definitely. It's always me and the players. It's always about the players. If you have if you have the right players, you can call whatever defense, and you're going to make it work. Uh, where the coaching kind of helps more is just in, you know, situational stuff. You can get your getting your team in the right call. Because like I said, there's never a perfect defense. Uh, you always have uh, – your defense can always be exposed in some areas. You always have a weakness, right, because you have an odd number of guys in the field. So – if that, the offense is able to execute when you're short-sighted to a certain side of the field, you just hope you can get them down for, you know, a three- or four-yard gain. And then you rally and, you you know, you try to do better on the next down. But, yeah, I think um, the players that they have, I mean, you have, you know, Nash and hopefully coming back. And you have Ty Robinson coming back. And, you know, Isaac Gifford and has a decision to make. And uh, Bullocks. And, you know, there's you can go down the list. Uh you know, the secondary, a lot of guys able to come back. That And we lost some guys, too, uh, through injuries. Um, so I, this, I think we'll always be okay. We'll continue to recruit at a high level defensively. I think they've ID'd a lot of great players. Let's be honest. I mean, what they're able to do to go get Cam Linhart, Princewell. Uh, I know Cam was, was a very high-rated prospect. But, you know, Princewell, when he was coming in, you're like, okay, may, maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. The dude played awesome for a true freshman. Cam Lenhart played great for a true freshman. I think the, the young guys that they recruited, Riley Van Poppel, you know, a lot of these guys uh, have, they've developed in a very short time to play at a high level at a young age. So uh, that's what I, it's, it's what's fun to see with this defense too, is you have a lot of core guys, key guys that have been here that are older, but also the ability to, to, to recruit and develop guys in a very short time frame is going to suit very well for this defense. But I think for this team, Going, 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 uh, going forward in the future. Jay, we'll wrap with this. Want to get your take on the topic of crunch time? That situational football where it's end of game, it's final three minutes, and during that unbeaten October, Nebraska had at least a, a touchdown lead in all their wins. Sometimes it was double digits, uh, aside from Northwestern, but that knockout punch with the uh, to play to Malachi felt pretty good right felt like it was a put away moment and the other side of it is uh, nebraska failed too many times in crunch time on offense with that costly turnover and then the the response by the defense minnesota iowa specifically again nitpicking because the, the black shirts were great but is it a mindset you're worried about with this team or do you think it's just year one 
versus the last five years uh, with guys that are on this football team and close wins, close ball yeah, games? I, I mean, I'd be lying to say if I wasn't concerned just because it's it's been an issue. I know even in year one with Rule, he hasn't been successful in one-score games. I know in years two and three, he's he's had a lot more success. These these kids are they're they're competitors. They're they play they play their tails off. And I do wonder is you know you try too hard or you like I've always said you put the certain situation on the pedestal. Where sure. I think good teams and good players, it doesn't matter what if it's first and 10 in the first quarter or if it's third and 10 in the fourth quarter last play of the game you just go and play to execute i think certain situations you're gonna have more energy and you probably I mean that's just human nature adrenaline you're gonna have that but the ability to just not you know overestimate the situation and it's like dude we've been in this position so many times through practice and and whatever it is let's just go execute it's not. It's not like they're calling a new defense or a new offense or a new, a new something new in the situation. I guarantee you, in, in crunch time, the coaches are are pretty basic with with what their calls because because you have to be because you want you want them to be comfortable and execute uh, what what needs to be done and what you know they've done uh, hundreds of times. So, I just it it takes it it takes a minute just to not to not get yourself there to, you know, it's like we all know in golf, you know, a three footer for. Um, par on your second hole is is one thing, but a three footer for you know birdie on your last hole to break eighty or whatever it is to win a club championship, it's just it's still a three footer, but it just means more, right? And adrenaline, you just, your brain gets thinking, so it it just takes time and, and the mentality to to kind of get over these humps. And um, I hope they get over it soon because I'm sure as hell tired of uh, of losing these close games and games you should win, and just making you know whether it's turnovers or penalties in certain key areas that just has to get cleaned up and it, just to be able to go over the top in the future. Jay Bird will check in again soon, hit some NFL. Thanks for the time today. Yep, you got it. Thanks, boys.